Hi, I'm Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert. I'm St. Louis's number one mortgage lender for a reason. I get my clients lower rates on better loans, and I do it without all the headaches and hassles. I do refinances, cash out loans, no appraisals, and if you're looking to buy a home, no one makes it easier. These other banks and mortgage companies just can't keep up. I do Missouri and Illinois. Call me directly, 314-781-9700. That's 781-9700 or online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Newcastle Home Loans, LLC. One's a World Series champion. For the first time since 1982, St. Louis has a World Series winner. The other is cashed at the World Series of Poker. Pay him. Pay that man his money. This is the Edmonds and McKernan Show with Jim Edmonds. Edmonds at 42 home runs during the regular season. Tim McKernan. Thank you. On CBS Sports 920 and InsideSTL.com. Now, from the First Bank Studios, here's Jim and Tim. Hello. Hello again, everyone. Why do you sound so scared? Hello again, everybody. You're scared. You're I am. Scared. I'm a little nervous. I'm sitting next to the sea monster, after all. It's the Edmonds and McKernan Show on CBS Sports 920. And inside stl.com today, the First Bank Studios on the road at Tapawingo National Golf Course slash Joe Bacardi's restaurants. I don't feel like my microphone. Seamaster, do you think I'm right, Joe Ryder? I, th- I can hear you loud yeah, and clear. Think, all right, if you boys say it's good, then I'll trust you. But he, uh, he, uh, he turns it up and then he turns it down. And he turns. He's like it up. Jam Master Jay. Yeah, because you know when you go chuck, chuck, chuck. Microphone. He, check, I think one he thinks suit. we're kidding. What is this? And I'm, I'm also told, and it also appears that you go, you get louder as the show goes on. Yeah, too. you like you, you, you do, you do your yeah. little, you do your check, check. Once check. I do a couple rails, it's like it's like check, check, check. Welcome to the show. Fired up. I have passionate takes to give the audience. And then today. my ears go, their ears go. It blows his microphone up in the air. It's bump, on. Bump three usually gets you uh, in the red. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> nice, Joe Roderick. Uh, we'll have to talk Western Illinois sometime. Uh, here on the program today, Jim, uh, live from Tapawingo National Golf Club, which also has this incredible banquet facility and Joe Bacardi's restaurants with their delicious pizza. Ooh, it's good. I've been enjoying Joe Bacardi's pizza going back to that, man. I don't really? even know. Oh, yeah. Known the Bacardi family for a while. It is so good. And uh, now they are uh, owning and operating Tapawingo National Golf Course here, and it's so beautiful. I told Ray Bacardi as I was rolling up in my whip, 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 that I thought this course looked absolutely beautiful. Had the United States not been playing today, you and I would have been out there shooting about 72. Smashing some balls through some windows. That's right. Actually, I was uh, in one of those other one of those deals. I've never been here before, and I am high on it. Yeah, you it were looks amazing it. It when, I, when I drove up. Three I, uh, nine-hole courses here. Yeah, amazing. At, uh, at Tapawingo, and it is beautiful. Something about that green grass, my friend. I'm telling you. And there's, it and beats it, the concrete it, front yard that I grew up in. <laughs> Nature all around you here. I saw a nice beautiful. little baby deer. Yeah. What'd you call it, a doe? Or how do you know the difference? Uh, Seamaster uh, is a uh, uh, expert on wildlife. Isn't a uh, baby deer a fawn? Oh, a fawn? A doe? A deer? A doe is a Are female Are you breaking into the sound deer? of music? I saw a little tiny deer by itself running across the open pasture. Now, why'd you stick a T on the back end of a cross? What? You said across. across. Yeah, that's because I'm from. That's my Is west. That California thing. That's my west coast language. My west coast gangster. Uh, draw. Oh, is that right? Does that come I have from no uh, idea what that Dr. Is. Dre? Probably because I went to school about 30% of the time, and so now I'm sitting <laughs> here with you, and this is the best so, I can do. So had you gone to school more often, you'd be on an FM I might, station. Yeah, I might be on the <laughs> FM station probably at midnight. <laughs> so uh, beware if, of the deer if they're coming out here. Uh, and that rhyme. Is well, actually, he did say Dr. there's a lot of wild animals out here, and actually you would beware of the animals when you're driving at night. Yeah, it, it really is. I've played out here. I love this golf course. And after we played last week, I'm like, oh, we have a, we have a show at Tapawingo next Thursday. And I thought, well, let's go out and play before the show in between the uh, award-winning Ryan Kelly morning after and uh, the soon-to-be award-winning uh, Edmonds and McKernan show. But then the United today. States plays, and so I'm, I'm, I'm locked down <laughs> in my nerd headquarters, and I watch the game by myself. I have to do that, and it's pathetic, and that is super fan. 
Some people like to watch big games with a bunch of people. Some people like to be at them. If it's a big game, I like to be, I like to be by myself. I'm the same way. Are you really? Yeah, yeah but you don't I'm, care about I'm, most games. I'm in between. Um, I'm not the like. So let's just start backwards. And during when I was playing, all my friends would be like, Monday Night Football, Monday Night Football. I tried that like twice. And when I seen some fat old men sitting at the bar screaming at a guy that was 6'6", 240 pounds with not an ounce of body fat, yelling at him, why didn't you catch the ball or how can you not block that guy? I was like, okay, I got to go. This is, this is unbelievable. They probably had a large amount of money on it or what they – large amount of beer on it is actually what happened. I think everybody was – I just couldn't do it. And uh, I got tired of people yelling at the TV. And uh, I do. I pick um, maybe a small little crowd at home or a friend's house. But it's hard for me to really – if I'm going to an establishment to watch a sporting event, I'm just going to the establishment. I'm not going to watch the sporting event. So a Super Bowl or, or a big-time game I would stay home for. Uh, today, an exception, I went to make an appearance at my restaurant – uh, to see what was going on and to check in and say hello to a lot of people. So that was really cool. But I ended up sitting in a booth by myself staring at Oh, is that right? Yes. Once I did my rounds, and I did a half half round, kind of did a half thing around, and the games was already going. So I'm like, I kind of want to watch. Right. Ate my brisket. You love killed that brisket. It, and, uh, and went from there. If it's a game I care about the outcome, I need to be by myself. For example, when the Rams beat the Titans, we had Eddie George on yesterday, I was by myself in my parents' basement. Uh, many of our listeners, I'm sure, can relate. Is that so you uh, won't scare a lot of people from yelling at the TV? No. The, in that I case, I was TV. 23. I took a week off from my first TV job in Little Rock to come up and experience St. Louis while the Rams were in the Super Bowl. And my mom will talk during games, and I love her more than anybody in the world, but it's very annoying uh, because she's saying a bunch of nonsensical things. It's like taking phone calls. Uh, on sports talk radio, that's what the equivalent is. <laughs> and reading, trying to read text, and read some of the, read taking some of the, read some phone of the calls. Yeah, um, so I just couldn't handle that. I need to be by myself. So in that case, uh, he's got some Bud Light for you and the big. What's fan. going on? I was a St. Gabriel's guy. Yeah, St. Gabriel's is the Indiana University of grade school basketball. Is it really? Yes, it is. I like. It. I'm going to start recruiting Landon for that too. Oh, boy. How many schools can he go to? <laughs> we'll take him there. I don't know if he's going to make the basketball program. He's not going to get much higher than this table right here. <laughs> oh, God. So uh, he's actually under the weather today a little Is he? bit. Yeah. He had a little fever this morning. So he, uh, Maybe it was from all the hot sports takes he was he around was, yesterday yeah. at the precinct. Give him a little Gatorade and a uh, little G2, actually. And uh, let's let him lay down. Yeah, well, there you go. Hopefully I love that uh, Landon Edmonds, so I hope he's uh, I hope he feels better. We were uh, you know, we, we have a huge lineup here today. I don't even know if I've mentioned it yet. Mark McGuire is going to join us coming up in about twenty one minutes. Cardinals and Dodgers tonight, where Mark is the hitting coach and uh, looking forward to talking it over with him. Uh, surprised that he was us because I know the hitting coaches for the first game of a series usually are yeah. locked in. So I don't know how much time we'll have with him. And I'll just pick up my reads, and if he doesn't have much time, then I'll just let him go. If he wants to spend time with us, great. We'll just see how it goes. That's at 4.30. And then Gus Johnson. Uh, many know Gus Johnson, of course, from the CBS College basketball coverage. He seems to be on any huge buzzer-beater game. Uh, but screaming at that Screaming, TV. yes, indeed. Uh, but now he is going Fox's voice for the World Cup in 2018 in Russia, and we're already working on remotes in Russia for 2018 say, for this program. we got to and then Fox is taking over the world. Got uh, U.S. Open next year in the World Cup in 2018. Good for them. World Series, Super Bowl. They're going to be starting to pay some serious money. Yeah, they are indeed. Uh, they'll syndicate us. I think you would have to think. We get in the, the show, in the in the studio. We'd be in, turning into Howard Stern. We'd have to be on HBO, though. We, we could we get, get, get kind of ugly. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast would be good. Uh, so uh, that's what we have for you. You're always welcome to text in. 38822 is how you can communicate with the show. 38822. And uh, you're welcome to call in on the Saypaw GM Country phone lines. 314-880-0808. Mark McGuire at 430. And Gus Johnson of Fox uh, talking soccer with us at 5 o'clock, and we may get into some of his incredible calls over the course of his uh, broadcast career. So, Jim, you watched the game today, uh, as did, I would think, the vast majority of our audience, and it's a unique situation. The United States loses, but they are celebrating at the end of the game because uh, wherever it was, I believe it was Brasilia, uh, the uh, Portuguese team, courtesy of Cristiano Ronaldo, beat Ghana, and that means the United States advances to the round of 16, where most likely play Belgium. That game going on right now, Belgium playing 
Korea. Your thoughts, fine, sir. Um, you know, I thought they played. I thought they played well. I thought they got outplayed. But yeah. I think the uh, I think the play of the game was not the goal. It was the guy. I don't even know who it was. I, it, it, you know, what's weird is I thought the play of the day didn't even get replayed. It was the uh, the ball got cleared out and the defender headed the ball out of bounds to get the corner with no one around him. He panicked and headed the ball out of bounds. What created the corner kick, mm. which also what end, ended up leading to the goal. Uh, oh, I didn't think. Yeah, exactly. He had no one around him. It was he could have literally turned and let the ball roll off his shoulder, and or he could have headed it behind him out of you know out away from the goal. And uh, he just simply like, oh, here's a. I'm just gonna you know throw it out of bounds. No big deal. Like, it seems to me, watching, I'm thinking 80 percent of the goals are scored on cross balls and corners, set pieces, set pieces. And I, I don't I don't want to give another team a corner from what I'm watching on TV. Now maybe they have a different feeling when they're playing on the field, obviously. But that to me was the play. It was the bad play of the game and the play of the game. Well, you're right, and and I love it. Analyze like when we're talking football, I, I love to break down plays that set up the big play, and the thing that's forgotten, and that's exactly what and they I did. called set it. it up. I was actually sitting with uh, my partner Mark's sister, who had played soccer her whole life. Oh yeah, and we're sitting side by side, and I said that's going to cost them right there. And sure enough, they got the yeah. corner kick, and I'm thinking they're going to score right here. They're going to score right here. They clear the corner kick, and I'm like, oh, and I start to relax. What a great goal by. Oh, it was a beautiful uh, goal. I mean, it was saved by Howard. Somebody. I mean, there's just nothing he could do on no, the rebound. What a great, I mean, that ball's bouncing. That ball's knee high. And to drill it into the corner like Perfect that, that spot. was a pretty goal. Nothing Tim Howard could do. Uh, no. The fact that the United States was only down one nothing at that point was relatively surprising. And as I was watching the game, the first 20 minutes, the ball seemed to be, the first 10 minutes for sure, the ball seemed to be in the U.S. zone. I mean, 90% of the time, and it seemed like then Germany ran in like this like kind of Wisconsin-slash-Princeton college basketball offense where they just pass it around and didn't really attack. And I'm thinking, okay, is there an agreement here that we're just going to get, get through this thing with a draw and then move on? And as we saw, of course, Germany did have wow. a big scoring opportunity that they converted there, and they had a couple others. The United States dominated. I felt like the United States dominated the Portugal game and came away with a tie. Many said that Ghana outplayed the United States in the first game. In this case, Germany most definitely outplayed the United States, uh, and they came away with the win. But as the game gets into the 70th minute, Jim, I flip over to ESPN, too, because now it's actually more important what goes in. Germany can win that game 2-0, and it doesn't matter. Uh, you just can't have Ghana win 2-1. to If Ghana would have won that game 2-1, to that's what I was thinking was going to happen, uh, the United States does not advance. But Ronaldo gets a goal with the game tied at one that really allows you to breathe easier at that point. And the United States knew, barring a huge surprise, they were going to have worst-case scenario. Those two teams draw, and therefore they would advance as the second play of death. Yeah, I, I believe that they got outplayed. Um, it was, I, didn't, I didn't think they played very well today. I thought Germany looked really, really, really good. But I don't think that they – I'm surprised I'm looking right here. Um, I think I'm looking at the right – but they had 13 shots on goal, maybe. But it didn't seem like Germany. It seemed like Germany outplayed them, but they didn't have a lot of great scoring chances. You know what I'm saying? Like there were some good shots, but there wasn't like it wasn't like the goalie was saving the day. Right. I thought that they got into the zone and they kicked the ball around a right. little bit. Right. So odd. But I'm telling you that that stinking head head ball just confused the hell out of me, and uh, I think that was definitely the play of the day. Somebody text in. Uh, you can text in at three eight eight two two three one four. I think Brad Davis, who played at St. Louis University, is the guy who did that. Don't recall. Do you guys know off the top of your head? Sea monster, Roderick, Nurse. We have to go back and Nancy, see that. It, it happened. Like it was so subtle, though. Too. It was like, um, you know, it was like a no big deal. But if you kind of know anything about soccer or whatever, you could see the ball just is getting cleared, and he's kind of standing by where the goal kick is taken, and uh, there's nobody around him, and he just like literally looked like oh, I'm just gonna head the ball out of bounds here and let's go, let's move forward. And I'm thinking, what happened there? Why are you, why are you giving them a corner kick? But uh, and uh, look at that guy. That's that guy. And that's my own. And that's who's going to be our foursome, I would imagine, that you were Boy, trying to work that would have been a long day, and I'm not saying this to be self-deprecating. My dad's the worst damn saying... golfer I've ever seen play. I mean, the He doesn't have worst. his golf shoes on, so maybe now, he's either they done or we're safe. I don't know if they played. Looks like they might have played. It's my dad Maybe my he's uncle. checking up on us. Maybe Make, making checking. sure we're doing the right job. Are you checking up on us? Or did you get done playing? Did you play golf and didn't tell us? <laughs> 
<laughs> he's checking up on it. Sure. He's going to sit right there and make sure we don't screw this one up for he's, sure. He's Jerry Maguire, and this is Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh, my gosh. Um, ba- uh, so, anyways, but back to the thing. It says uh, possession was 63 to 37, and I thought it was could have been more than that. Yeah, early on, it most definitely was. And, um, you know, like I said, as the game progressed, it's like, okay, the United States, even if they do score, I'm keeping an eye on what's going on over in, in Ghana uh, or at, with the Ghana and Portugal game. And once Portugal went up 2-1, you're in a good spot. What that means is the United States does advance despite losing today, for those of you who unfortunately might not have been able to get away and watch it, and they will play on Tuesday at 3 o'clock. And now what I want to do, Jim – at first, I'm like, oh, sweet. It'll be a game in the afternoon. People will be able to hang out and drink. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, we're on the air. So what I would like to do is do the uh, show at some soccer-crazed bar. Oh, I was just uh, – what's There's the- a bunch of Okay, them. but in South City, I just heard this place. We were at the uh, restaurant yesterday. I was talking about it. Um, the Amsterdam? Yes. There, there wouldn't be room we, for us. I know, but we drove by that place. We drove by that place on the way from Friendly's, I believe, right? We would drive by that to get either to or from, and everybody said uh, Mark was telling me that some lady waited outside to get in for an hour and a half. Really? To get into that bar. I mean, that is. I mean, that place, Llewellyn's, Friendlies. I would imagine at three o'clock next Tuesday, it doesn't. It really doesn't matter where you go. But I would. Lo- we did a show. This was like uh, the beginning of of what many have said. And I guess I'll agree with them. My Hall of Fame career uh, in two thousand two. And I was doing a show with the great Rich Gould. You know Rich Gould, mm-hmm. Jim? And we were doing the early morning show on, uh, on KFNS, uh, which is a station that still operates, supposedly. And, 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 and all of a sudden, we're doing, we're doing the program, and the United States is playing, I think, Germany. And the, the U.S. scores, and the place just goes bat crap. And so I would like to have that same experience next week. We would be on the air live uh, we would be on the air live during the second half of the game, and potentially these games don't end in draws in the round of 16. This is potentially all that could come. Take all, winner basically. take all. So it could go on and on and on. End up going to to penalty kicks, and I would love to be there as people booze and scream, and and then we sit there and nitwit out. So that's what I. So if you want us at your location, if not, we're just gonna have to precinct and invite people down for free drinks and food to get it out of control. Make it nuts. Might be buying. Three eight eight two two. Uh, or I think I could throw a couple dollars around for that. Team McKernan inside SCLCM, could you? Yeah. What's the number again? Text it in. Let's go. Three eight eight two two. Three eight eight two two. Have a sir. Three eight eight two 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 two. We just had some delicious toasted ravioli here. So yes. You haven't had this before. I, this uh, Joe no, McCarty's is no joke. And then you're sitting here at Tapawingo, a beautiful golf course. The thin crust nice meats view. and the toasted ravioli is what I always get from Joe. McCarty's. No bats in here, ma'am. This is a golf course. <laughs> Jim is screaming at people as they come. <laughs> Walking in. Uh, somebody just texted uh, uh, uh definitely Brad Davis from the uh, – He wasn't even in the lineup at the end of the game, was he? I'm looking at this right here. Oh, sorry, it was. Yeah, he was a midfielder. I'm sorry. I was looking to see if it was a defensive player. Defensive player. Here's one of these texts, and we were discussing this on the Ryan Kelly morning after, and I don't know why this goes on. And I think it's one of these things where you have a lot of – I think it's what Strauss was writing to yesterday in his column. For those of you who uh, didn't read it, he was speaking to a uh, soccer elitist guy. Uh, and I think it goes on to an extent with hockey guy. I don't know what's worse because soccer elitist guy is only around once every four years with the hockey guy. You deal with it on a regular basis. But this text here speaks to what irritates a lot of people with it. Uh, listening to you two buffoons talk – about soccer makes my ears bleed. Your lack of knowledge about the game makes me sick. Laughing like the Dickens uh, at you. That is from the 314. And, and so as I said on the radio this morning, uh, people bitch if you don't talk about it. But then if you do talk about it and you're not at their um, level of knowledge, then would, they get w- pissed at you for not being like at their to, level of knowledge. I would like knowledge. to know the level of knowledge that you have, uh, Mr. 3146. No, I don't say the whole name. Just kidding. <laughs> I've had, I had, I like I had to, to address that this morning with some of the boys, and I don't want to. I would like, to, them, I would like to know. So go ahead and text back in the knowledge. Or as Willie game. would say, call in, big man. Call in, big man. I would like to know. <laughs> I would just like to know the knowledge that this person has because I guess playing from the age of six to the age of 18 in three state championships isn't enough to just get me through some little silly question about the. You, play, you played state championship soccer? Three in a row. I didn't know that. Sophomore, junior, senior. You uh, really? Yeah, I didn't. I had no idea. Is that right? It's not really needed to be said. I'm a baseball player. 
Well, but, but so I mean, what I'm I saying talk about is, my wiffle ball game is my backyard, like it's the seventh game. So World I guess Series. what I'm saying is, how much knowledge of the game do you need? I don't know all the technological terms anymore. My son was calling a hat trick a hattie the other day, and did I, you yell at him about it? Did you say no, no, boy? No, because it's a new generation, and people like this uh, um, think that they know everything. So my son obviously thinks that he knows everything. Well, let's right see, now. let's see if this gentleman will call I, in. I did find though that people don't call uh, the positions the way they used to call them because now the game has changed so much, and with the uh, I guess what formations have changed and their terminology has changed so much. That like even when I'm talking and 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 the fact that my future sister-in-law is a professional soccer player doesn't oh, mean yeah. anything either because I spend most of the winter with her or most of the summer with her, kicking uh, kicking the ball around and and, and helping her through um, mental you know situations and. Uh, well, I'd be curious. So interesting. What what we said. Maybe we, that one on the, with. maybe we can get her on oh, the that'd mic. That'd be great. Is that but, uh, uh, Julie? Julie, yes, Julie King. Um, but what I'm saying is, uh, so I. I like I said, all the terminologies have changed. The midfielders aren't the midfielders anymore. They're midfielders, but they call people center backs and all this different stuff. So we had, like, you know, center forward, center half, sweeper and stopper because we played a diamond in the back. And You, you guys had, won state three years in a row? Yeah. A big shooting match yeah, out there? Well, CIF. It's called CIF. What so, does that mean? I don't know. California Interscholastic Federation. Okay. So that means you're playing teams from like, we're playing the whole teams thing? from the I, mid. I it's not up. north. It's like mostly southern section. I guess it would be. So, I guess it would be uh, from the middle of California, but like from the very top of LA down to Diego, which probably be only I don't know 10, 15 million people. I don't know. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> a, a lot nice of people. Of people. But, uh, so it's three straight tra- state champions, and then you won state championships of baseball too. Uh, we won my senior year, and we lost in the finals or semifinals my junior year. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it sucked. Then we got beat in the semifinals in football. And you played that too. Hand it to me. I played in the fifteen hundred dollar buy-in in Las Vegas two yeah. two weeks ago. Well, that was pretty good. Bubbled. But that was a long time ago. <laughs> Your phone's blowing up. <laughs> it is. Man, this be crazy. <laughs> Texted three eight eight two two. We want that. The people want us to to get this guy on the line. I mean, he didn't. I mean, he's. I mean, it's obviously That's okay. condescending. I, mean, I get it. I, I enjoy those kinds of texts. But I. But my my. It's a broader premise, not specified to this gentleman. It's not like this is a unique text. The point being. People get into the soccer thing, but then there's a soccer elitist. It's kind of like music elitist. Oh, you enjoy name whatever somewhat mainstream commercial band, then you ain't cool. So if you don't use certain terminologies, if you're not wearing a scarf at Amsterdam, then you can't talk about soccer. And so I think that irritates some of us more casual fans. But I'm a huge soccer fan, and I love huge during the World Cup, so I'm a casual soccer fan. But I like it. And I know there are different terms, and and some people like to mock those, and Doug likes to go off on tangents in the morning, but I think for the most part he's joking around. So what I would like to do is have this gentleman come on and and try and explain where we're wrong. Because from my standpoint, Germany dominated that game. Actually, we weren't wrong. He just doesn't like the way we're talking about it. Because I was reading stats, and I was telling you about a play that happened that I thought that could have preserved the situation or prevented the goal. So we weren't wrong. He just is does, he's disagreeing like with the maybe way that a, we Maybe it's because it's Brad Davis, and that's a St. Louis University guy. I don't know. Uh, so we'll see if he will call in. Is he on the line? I my, maybe that's what you guys are texting me. See, Monster, you can just tell me if he's on the line. I don't know. Uh, let's see what we got going on. Kinds of things going on. Uh, you can play draft day. We already filled up the league, but they will flex in more people. Uh, I have Adam Wainwright in. I had t- Tim Linscombe in his no-hitter yesterday, and I still didn't money. Did you play yesterday? I didn't finish. No, remember I, uh, I forgot. Oh, yeah, that's right, because we had some day Central. games. So you can get in still on draftday.com. Draftday.com backslash Edmonds is how you can play in today's game, Jimmy Thursday. It's an $11 game. Mark McGuire is going to join us coming up uh, in the next segment, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers hitting coach and, of course, the former St. Louis Cardinal and Jim's teammate and neighbor, right? Oh, yes. That's right. It was you, Almost, him, and Pronger? He's going to be a former neighbor here come uh, next Oh, so week. your house is still out by his house? Yeah, I'm moving right. out. Um, I'm finishing so it. So we're flying out tomorrow. Um, yeah, I'm going to pack up and move everything back. Uh, so Mark McGuire will be with us in the next segment. Gus Johnson of Fox Talking Soccer uh, at 5 o'clock. And maybe your future sister-in-law potentially. She's going to call in. I got in. it. I got it. We're going to talk a little soccer and a little Did hatties. you watch a game? I'm sure she watched a game. She is this she close to being on that team for the girls. Oh, is that right? Yeah. She's a pretty good player. Well, she's playing she got, soccer. Uh, she's got to be. She got kicked uh, the other day, I guess, and beat up pretty good. I uh, busted her, her ankle or shin up. So oh, really? she's kind of on the down low for a Where'd little bit. Where'd she go? She wore eagle? She's in, yeah, Auburn. 
Sporting Eagle. Uh, played four years of soccer and just was bored her senior year and walked on and ended up being the starting point guard for the basketball team. Is that right? Yeehaw, my bad. There's too much, there's too much athleticism has, going on right now. I wonder if she has any knowledge about it. soccer. And now pizza's rolling out here. Holy Look at moly, this. I just oh, ate this too. is the pizza from Joe Bacardi's I like so much, oh. too. Oh, what a feast we have. All right, we're broadcasting live from Tapawingo National Golf Club. Also, a great banquet facility and a great restaurant because Joe Bacardi's, the great Bacardi family, owns and operates it, and they have delicious feasts like what they have right in front of us. A uh, yes, see monster uh, Mr. McGuire is on hold, so we, have, we can postpone the break. Oh, wow. Yeah, Look, it's your go. neighbor. Uh, Mark McGuire joins us here on CBS Sports 920 and inside STL.com on the SAPAW GM Country phone lines. Hello, Mark. Hello, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? <laughs> We're doing good. How are you doing, buddy? No, Jimmy, what's going on, man? I like it. Uh, we, you know you're busy. I know this first day of the uh, homestand, so we, we'll try to keep you as long as we can. You let us know when we're going over the line. But uh, good to hear from you. I think uh, we want everybody wants to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, and did you know that Jim's moving out of the neighborhood? Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I've heard. I've heard that, yes. He you knows I've been trying to move out of the neighborhood for the last two years, but no one wants to buy my house. You, you think that you think you think Jim moving out is good for property value? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. What do you think? No, no you know how it is. It's, uh, selling home today, it's not not too uh, not too good right now. So I'm sure we'll pick up in the near future. We hope we all hope, right? Yeah, he's uh, he's heading out there tomorrow to, to move out and then head back here uh, full-time to St. Louis. And uh, we're very grateful, especially I know it's the first game of four-game series. I'm sure you got all kinds of stuff going on, so like Jim said, whenever you got to go, uh, just let us know. Cardinals and Dodgers rematch of the NLCS tonight, and Adam Wainwright on the mound as a hitting coach. Uh, Mark, and, and you're trying to get your guys ready to face Adam Wainwright, who, uh, much like Clayton Kershaw, just putting on a clinic so far in 2014. Mm-hmm. What kind of things do you guys work on going into a, to a start from Adam Wainwright? Well, I mean, the bottom line, you got to bow your butt off. Uh, you, you know you're going to get the best of the best out there. Um, Adam's having an unbelievable year. I know he missed a start a start ago, um, but we saw his last outing, and he did quite quite well. So, you know, he's just one of those guys that's battled. He, he, picks, he picks the corners. Um, really, the only time that I ever see him get hit is if the ball's on the middle of the plate. Um, but that's just like with anybody. But he's just got he's got uh, three really really good pitches: the fastball, the slider, sli- uh, slider slash cutter, and the nasty curveball. Um, he does split. He does have a little change up and split once in a while. He uses, but you know we'll just have to. We're just gonna go battle. We 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 fought him pretty good last year. So we basically have the same yes. team, and we'll go at it the same way we went at it last year, and just go to battle. I think both the Cardinals and Dodgers uh, would like to be a little bit better than where they are right now, but at the same time, both in great position uh, in each respective division, and both would be playoff eligible right now. You guys have dealt with plenty of injuries as well, especially offensively. Uh, Carl Crawford on the DL, Hanley Ramirez Mm -hmm. a little bit beat up. Uh, How's the health of the Dodgers and and where everybody is in the order right now, Mark? Yeah, we're we're still still hurting a little bit. We're still trying to find ourselves. I mean, we're playing a lot better lately. Um, I think as of the last six or seven series, we're playing quite well. We have a lot of young guys up here. I think both teams are very much underachieving right now. Um, We have guys that uh, normally have great track records are still trying to find their stroke. Um, Same thing with the the Cardinals. Um, You know, I think it's going to be a great series. I like four-game series. Uh, We're going to see four of the best uh, starters. Unfortunately, Walk is out, but uh, Martinez isn't too shabby, um, and they got a fantastic bullpen. So uh, I think both teams are underachieving. Uh, both teams tr- sort of trying to find themselves, and you know I've always said, uh, you know, right after the All Star game, it sort of separates the men from the boys. So I think we'll see how really good both teams are um, coming out of the gate after the All Star break. Yeah, I like that you say that coming out coming out of the All Star break is where everything starts to separate. I think we all know what fans are like, and uh, if you know if we're not get a hot off to a hot start, and it's still only June first or even May fifteenth, guys are jumping on the bandwagon thinking, oh boy, this isn't going to be the year. Yeah. But you really have July and August to really get back into this race and really play a lot better. And uh, I think, like I said, June first is way too early to really tell what your team's going to be like, don't you think? Yeah, I, I, I think uh, you know in all three divisions, I think it's up for grabs, and then you know then you have two, two wild card spots. So you just have to get into the playoffs, and once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. And you know, Jimmy, as you know, it's, it's usually the hottest team going into September. Usually, 
comes out on top. You know, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, everybody's talking about trades coming up to the trade deadline at the end of July. But, you know, I think there's probably going to be some stuff prior to July 31st uh, to make the teams better, to give yourself a better chance to, uh, instead of waiting until July 31st. I've, I've always wondered why you, if you want to trade, why do you wait till July 31st when you can do something in the middle of July or the 1st of July? <laughs> if the two teams are there, you can have an extra month with a guy or guys. So um, I've always just wondered why it's always been July 31st, but, you know, uh, it does. It separates the men from the boys. And, you know, I think at the end, I think the Cardinals and the Dodgers are going to be there. Yeah, I think the, uh, you hit the nail on the head with the trade situation. I think why not go after somebody if you can get after somebody. But do you think that it's a, it's a, a letdown if you, if you have a team that's on the bubble and they don't make a move uh, come the trade deadline? Are you just like a player? Do you still just sit back and go, well, we got what we got and this is what we're going to deal with? Well, I guess it all depends on how you guys, uh, how that team is playing. You know, if the team is just playing so-so and they they got to try to tune it up, but then they've been trying to tune it up for the first four months. So it's sort of tough to sort of kick it in gear. But it does give you a little bit of boost when you're when the general manager and the owners go out there and get a couple guys or a few guys and then add a little spark. I mean, you know what it was like when it, uh, the Cardinals in 2011. I mean, we got that trade. And right. They, uh, they did that thing, and all of a sudden we got a spark, and it just we took off and, and ran the gauntlet. <laughs> you know, it was quite it was quite a run. But those are the things that happened. And uh, but you know, sometimes if, if teams just don't do those things, yeah, I think they can fall in the trap of just going, well, you know what, maybe we'll go into next year. Mark McGuire is with us here on CBS Sports 920 and inside STL.com. He joins us on the SAPAW GM Country phone lines. Jim, both of you guys can speak to this. You both experienced postseason championships and both experienced postseason disappointments. When you see that team the next year after losing to them in whatever series it might be, is there a little carryover from that? Is there revenge-seeking when you see them the first time, or is that in the past? In other words, Mark or and you got fired up to see the Cardinals after losing in six games in the NLCS last year. Well, as far as, I mean, I mean, I mean, I look at when we lost the Cardinals. I, I look at the, we, we should have left St. Louis with a 2 nothing lead and said so we lost. We were going back on 0-2. We had opportunities in the first two or three innings in both games to really set the tone of the game, uh, of the game and we didn't come through. And then all of a sudden next week, uh, the Cardinals just, they got the runs. They got the runs that they needed. They were low-scoring ball games. Unfortunately, we didn't get the big hit. We could have been coming home to L.A. Uh, up 2 nothing. We were down 2 nothing. Um, that pretty much was really the series. I know we pushed it to the game yeah. six. But other than that, you know, it, you know that season's over. We basically we have the similar with the same teams, but, you know, it's a little different. Like I said, we're, both teams are underachieving, sort of trying to find themselves, especially offensively. You know, they've got big-name guys who are still trying to get their niche going this year. Uh, they're not putting up the numbers like they, they're capable of, and same here with the Dodgers. Um, so I think it's going to be a great four-game series. It's going to be well-pitched. Um, and we've got some nice, you know, again, the offenses are nice and trying to find themselves, but, uh, you know, the cream always rises to the top, so we'll have to see after Sunday. Mark, last year I talked to you about um, Puig. And you said you you were you liked his um, excitement. And you like what he brought to the ball club. Uh, obviously, his some some people around the country uh, <laughs> see kind of a fifty fifty situation with flashy right. versus a great ball player. How do you look at it now? And is it still work in progress, or what you see is what you get, or do you see uh, growing um, growing spurts and and, and maybe going to grow up and just become one heck of a player? I think it's all the above. I mean, he's definitely growing up. Um, and, and it's, you know, he's constantly learning. My gosh, I mean, he's learning how to play the game of baseball over here. Um, I mean, he's learning how to run the bases properly. He's learning how to hit off the cutoff guy. I mean, he's learning his strike zone. I mean, he's probably, to <laughs> you he's probably one of the most patient hitters on our ball club right now. I mean, he, he, he comes to work every day. He comes to play every day. I mean, I don't know if you saw the game yesterday in Kansas City, but he hit the ball down the line and it's a normal stand-up double. And right out of the right out of the box, he was thinking triple, and he he, he made a triple. You know, he just does the exciting things. And I, I got to play with Ricky Henderson. You know, when I got to play with Ricky Henderson, when he's when he was on the other side playing with the Yankees uh, or whoever, he was one of those guys that caused havoc. And people were, and he was he was always in the paper about the way he was playing and the way he was doing things. But you know what? He's a Hall of Famer. He's one hell of a player. And I'm telling you right now. 
when Puig really gets it, and he's he's got it now, but I mean he's he, when he gets it going, man. He, I mean, there's definitely a, a great possibility this might this kid might be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, so talented, so raw, and so impressive at such a young age. Are you enjoying this more now, Mark? Uh, and I'm not looking for a, a shot at St. Louis so much as are you enjoying it more? even now that you're in your, what, fifth year of doing it, if I'm not mistaken, and, and now you have the uh, luxury of, of not having to travel uh, all over the country in order to, uh, to do your job? You can, you can be at home in Southern California? Yeah, I, I still, I mean, I love it, definitely. I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't love it. Have the opportunity to come home, being close to the family. Uh, well, actually, the travel is a lot worse just because of the travel from the West Coast to East Coast. But, um, you know, the thing is, is I, I got the, you know, being home, taking the kids to school every day when they're in school, when I'm at home, go to the ballpark, come home, take the kids to school. It's something I missed uh, for the first three years when I was in St. Louis. It was tough. It was a tough decision, but you know, it was a decision made for the family. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. Big family, growing family. What's the family yeah. right now? Yeah, what do you got? Yeah, that's going. It's like asking about your portfolio. <laughs> My portfolio. No, well, uh, how, yeah. how, what, are, what are the triplets now? The triplets just turned four. They just turned four on June 1st, and uh, they're just a bundle of fun. And, and you know, the boys, uh, Max, Max and, and Mason, uh, 11 and 10, and, you know, they just uh, they oh. just finished the road trip with me. They went on this last road trip with me, and they, they got to live a life of a big leader on the road. And they got to see what it was like to come home at three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, go to bed and uh, try to get up in the morning and, uh, with the girls and stuff. So, you know, it's just it's great to, to have them with me. It's great to be home, and uh, you know, it's uh, again, it was a difficult decision, but uh, you know, family's always first. Can you see those boys growing in front of you, uh, as far as baseball wise, con- compared to I guess when you start- first started with the Cardinals, and now that they are ten and eleven? I mean, they completely just changed the way that they act around the ball field and on the oh, field also. Oh, oh, my gosh. It's awesome because the first day when I stepped in spring training in 2010, the boys just barely knew what baseball was. I didn't really talk about it when, uh, when I wasn't uh, involved in it. But now that they're in it, they're, they, they love it. Uh, you know, they play on a club team. Um, I mean, they just they, they pitch. Well, one of them plays center field. One plays first base. Um, they're totally two different kinds of hitters. One's a line drive a hitter that has speed and steals bases. The other one, Max, is like me, first baseman. He's got a natural loft and a power hitter and, and loves throwing the hard fastball. I mean, it's just it's just fun to watch them around these guys. They pick their brains. They, 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 they stand in the cage. They talk to the hitters when we're uh, when they're at the ballpark with me. And, and it's fun when these, these guys really, really, uh, really show their love for, uh, for the kids. Yeah, that's really cool. I love, obviously, uh, you know, we were around kids all the time when we played, everybody else's kids, and uh, they were pretty shy from what I remember your first couple of years and even just being around them at home. So that's pretty cool. They're coming <laughs> out of their shell and they're learning. <laughs> oh, not, not anymore. It's just funny. The other day, Drew Butera was hitting some balls in batting practice, and, uh, and Mason's standing there, and Drew's like, gosh, you know, Mason, I wish I, you know, I want to hit some more home runs. And Mason just says, well, you know how you hit home runs. He goes, how's that, Mason? And Mason goes, you just got to pull the ball. And he goes in the cage. <laughs> next thing you know, four out of five are out of the ballpark. <laughs> he's like, so wow. it's pretty cool. But yeah. So, uh, you know, Mason, at 10 years old, he picks it up. He's like, you know, he's, Dad, you know, most power hitters are pull hitters. I said, yeah, I know that, son. <laughs> I know that. So, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Mark, awesome. Mark McGuire with us here on the SAPOD GM Country phone lines. Tim McKernan and Jim Edmonds with you on CBS Sports 920 and InsideSTL.com. When you were playing, Mark, did you have any inkling that, that 10 years later, I guess, or so, or so after retiring, that you would get into coaching? Was that something that you knew you wanted to do, or was it just a way to get back close to the game? Well, I mean, I always thought I'd, I'd want to, uh, you know, just to pass on the knowledge and the stuff that I've learned uh, throughout my career. Um, you know, and it, and it happened to be like nine years after I, I uh, retired that it, Tony Tony was always trying to get me back in the game, come to spring training stuff, just didn't work out. And then finally I took the job in 2010. Absolutely love it. I love just passing on the knowledge. Hey, listen, we're, we're the eyes and ears of these guys. Most of these guys know what they're doing. We just watch them. But, you know, whenever they need information, game plan, uh, just whatever it is as far as hitting-wise, 
uh, that's what we're here for. Um, you know, uh, we've been through a lot. Jimmy, you know that. You've been through a lot just growing up through this game. We've learned through so many coaches, and the best thing you can do is just pass on the knowledge that you've learned, and that's why I got back into coaching. When it came down to it and that decision is made to decide to get back into it and you know what you're going to have to deal with in order to get back into coaching with the revelation that you did indeed use steroids, how difficult was that process uh, to know that there's going to be a downside when you do this thing that you want to do that you obviously don't need to do from a financial standpoint but that you want to do? What was that decision-making process like, whether it be with with your family, Mark, or with, with people at the Cardinal organization? Well, I mean, yeah, it, it wasn't an easy thing, but, you know, I knew I had to take it, you know, full force and go head on with it, and I did it, and, uh, you know, we moved on from it. Um, you know, it's one of those things that's unfortunate, but, you know, um, you know, as far as the stuff that I've learned through the game of baseball and how my swing changed over time and, and the way that, uh, you know, with the stuff that I've learned, that's, that was the main key. You know, I, I had to deal with what I had to deal with, and, uh, you know, Tony and the Cardinals backing it, uh, you know, and we just moved on from it and, you know, done quite well since then. It seems like the travel would be the toughest thing. Is that still the toughest part of what you got to, to go through right now? And just uh, the, probably the only thing you probably dread, I would imagine, because it seems like it would be fun to coach and be out there and be in the middle of it. But the travel right now, it just seems to be my uh, biggest enemy as far as ever wanting to coach and uh, something I would probably really have to overcome to want to try and do it. Well, that is, you know, and then, you know, the thing is, is, uh, you know, the, the, you know, you do it because you love it. You don't do it for the money. And, and unfortunately the travel is, is sort of, uh, especially here on the West coast. And when we have long road trips, um, um, but the nice right. thing about it being in the nationally West, we have a lot of short, you know, short road trips to San Francisco. We drive down to San Diego, to Arizona, to Colorado. It's all pretty short, just like it was, in, you know, with St. Louis and the Midwest. But, you know, for me to come home and stay here, and you know, when we have the seven-game home sound, I'm at my own bed. Uh, I'm not staying in a hotel. I basically stayed in the hotel the time I was in St. Louis, living out of the suitcase. You know, my family would come out for the two months during the season. And they go home. So, you know, my last year in St. Louis, uh, you know, I didn't see my family for like two and a half months. And, you know, I was sort of feeling it. So uh, when this opportunity came up, you know, I I, I sort of jumped on it. Um, like I said earlier, it wasn't a, it wasn't a it was a hard decision. But when you think about the family, yes, there is a bit a little bit more travel here. But you know what, family takes over everything. Mark McGuire is with us here. True or false, Mark? You played a role in Jim uh, deciding to sign long term with the Cardinals in two thousand. <laughs> yes. Did I play a role in it? Uh, I think so. Was there was there yeah. some lobbying? Was there some campaign? Uh, According to Wikipedia, you did. Uh, but Wikipedia has got about a fifty fifty success rate. I, well, I think Jimmy can say this. I mean, just from hey, I mean, when Jimmy, you, you know, playing with the Angels, right? And and like I was born and raised in California. And, and playing with Oakland, and, and, and Jimmy, when you came to St. Louis, it wasn't a hard sell at all. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. It's just not a hard sell there. You know, you get you get players always saying, "Is it really that great to play in St. Louis?" And I said, "Absolutely. It's it's just unbelievable. The fans, the way they, the the knowledge of the game, they they know the opposing team, they know everything about the home team. It's just you know, it's just one of those places. that's very very special." And uh, you can just see it by the 3.5 million fans that come through this, the turnstiles every day, uh, or, or I mean every year. So it's just it's a special place, and it, it, I don't think it was a hard. It wasn't a hard sell for me, and it, I don't think it was a hard sell for Jimmy. No, and they're on pace, I think, for uh, this year to break the all-time uh, attendance it record right now. And uh, I, yeah, I had to have my best poker hand out because uh, the first day of spring training, I was almost basically saying, "Where do I sign?" <laughs> really, uh, is that yeah, right? And I had a year left, so uh, yeah. I mean, Mark, Mark, what you did was you showed me around the city and you took me in and and made me uh, comfortable, and that was the, probably the best thing that anybody could have done. And I. Uh, Always cherish that part about uh, our time together, and uh, it was pretty pretty fun getting to know the city, walking around with Mark McGuire. That was uh, I don't know if there could be a better first two years in, in any any kind of baseball season. I would imagine Jim always says that 2000 team Mark was one of his favorites of all time. I mean, it was a very good team, won the Central, but was a fun team with some of the the characters who were on it. I mean, I remember getting get my balls hazed off when I would walk into that locker room by Eric Davis and, and Will Clark and and, and you two were always entertaining to to raise hell yeah. when, when we would walk in there. Was that, was that a, a team that you remember as being a fun team? Yeah, that 
That was really fun. Uh, uh, Will Clark. How about Will? <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> yeah, how about Will? <laughs> oh, my gosh. One of the first guys that ever confronted Tony LaRusso was when he steps on those cups in the dugout and sweeps them down there. And I don't know if Jimmy remember this, but uh, it was one of the funniest stories. You know, I had a day off that day, and, and we're sitting down at the end of the dugout. Here comes Tony walking down with his. You know, with his head down, he's stepping on these cups. He's cleaning the you know the floor of all these cups. He hated a, a, a dirty dugout. You know, Will has that high voice, like, "Hey, how you guys doing?" You know. And uh, <laughs> next thing, you know, next thing you know, he goes, "Everybody get out of the way! Here comes the street sweeper! The street sweeper's coming through!" <laughs> oh my God! I just almost <laughs> fell out of the dugout, and I looked up, and Tony looked, and gave us that little like mean look, and then he cracked a smile. Then he walked away, and he kept on doing the cuffs. I was like the first person ever in, I don't know, probably 30, what, 30-some-odd 30 years that uh, Tony managed anybody confronted on him about stepping on those cuffs. But uh, Will's hilarious. <laughs> what, a, uh, what a great crew that one was, that 2000 team. I got a couple quick hitters before we let you go. Your favorite memory of, of the 1998 season, when you look back on that, what's the thing that you think of and you go, oh, that was – that was it. Would it be September 8th, the night that you broke the record? Would it be September 27th when you finished off the season? Or was there something behind the scenes that uh, no, the fans I, may not I, be aware I, of? Yeah, I think it was the night before when I hit my 61st uh, home run on my dad's 61st birthday. That was pretty damn cool. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, you know. I mean, what are, what are the odds of that? Uh, my dad celebrating his 61st birthday, and I hit the 61st home run. So, you know, every one, one of those things were special. You know, my boys... They have the books, and they get to look at it and read about it and stuff. Uh, obviously, they weren't here, but, you know, it's just, just it was a special time. Uh, it was very, very stressful, uh, but I made it through, and I didn't lose any hair. I've just maybe got a little bit grayer in my goatee, but other than that, it was just a great time. You sure your favorite moment wasn't the night before the end of the season when you got home a little late and maybe a little <laughs> intoxicated, and the boys told you you're going to hit two more home runs tomorrow, and you said, you guys are crazy, it's a, it's a day game? Yeah. <laughs> well, that was, yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was crazy. And I, I was like, you know, come on, Tony, I just want to, I just want to have one bat. I mean, yeah, I know, I know. I just want to have one more bat. And he's like, no, you're playing the whole game. I was playing the whole game. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty cool. So. Which, if I'm not mistaken, was what you really mean. There's like hidden meaning to the I'm in awe of myself because it wasn't just the fact that you had hit 70 home runs. It's the fact that you were able to hit two home runs the night What's after that? this party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. A little, that is a little true. Inside. On a day game. On a, on a, on a day game, yeah. We had, a, we had a few too many, but uh, you know what? You, sometimes you can rise to the occasion if you'd like to, if you want to. So Most definitely well. did. <laughs> yeah. Quick hitters, the three quick hitters. Uh, best pitcher you ever faced, best player you ever played with or against, and best game you were ever in. I, I can't wait oh, to hear the answers God. on these because you faced some great ones. Well, great ones, Is I there... mean, uh, you, you, can, you can go with uh, Roger. Uh, Roger was a great battle. He owned me, but I enjoyed facing him. Uh, Randy Johnson uh, had some good ones against him. but uh, uh, And then Mariano Rivera. I remember having some battles before he became, you know, the stopper when he was first coming out of the out of the bullpen. Um, you know, probably, you know, probably one of the best players I ever played with was Ricky Henderson. He was one of those guys yeah. that uh, that can just, uh, I mean, it was just unbelievable the talent he did that he had, that and when he went out and what he did. Um, you know, um, and what was the third one? Best game you were ever a part of. Best game that I was ever a part that you can remember wow. of. <laughs> you can remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think best game. I'll tell you what. And it wasn't. I don't think it was as a player. It was uh, that whole series, uh, the 2011 World Championship. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, just being down the way we were down. Uh, you know, two strikes twice. Um, you know, and I remember Tony going in the dugout saying, "Hey, when the game's over with, I want you guys to all stand here and wait." And, you know, you know, uh, wave to the crowd to appreciate the, the the support they gave us. And next thing you know, it was just uh, it was just an unbelievable ending. It was, uh, you know, I, mean, I was a coach. Uh, you know, I was more nervous as a coach than, I, uh, than any game that I ever played as a player. This will be the last question, and I find this fascinating that you said that. I always say. I remember the stuff from the dugout in the on-deck circle more than I actually remember uh, when I 
came through and did something. Do you ever think that? Like, your home runs were awesome, and you remember little bits and pieces, but I remember Scott Rowland's home run against Roger Clemens in the in the uh, um, National League Championship Series as, as well as anything uh, that I've ever done and played in. Yeah, I agree, and that's that, that's what it's, it's like. It's one of those things. Is like when you're playing and you're doing the thing, you, you just that's what you're doing. But when you see other people coming through and doing things, and the amount of joy and energy that you have, uh, it, it's it's just I don't know. It's, I think it might be a little bit more step a step up when you're doing it because when you're doing, it, you're sort of inside your own body. But when you're watching somebody else do it, you're sort of outside your body. So, uh, but watching the watching what uh, David Freeze did and Lance Bergman and and all those guys, it was just truly awesome. And I also feel that you're supposed to do that. That's your job. So for me, I always thought, well, this is my job. So I'm expected to do this. But watching other people do it, I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. Mark, thank all you right, so guys. much. Uh, we hey, really appreciate it and taking up so much time. And uh, it was great to hear from you. Yeah, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll be there right after the All-Star break, guys. So uh, That's right. Hopefully it'll be a good four-game series, and uh, we'll see you guys in July. All right. Thanks, Mark. Okay. Take care, guys. See you. It's Mark McGuire with us here on the SAPOT GM Country phone lines. Just CBS Sports it out of him. 920 and Just inside STL.com. What did I suck out of him? We the did. life, the We figure. did. Yeah. What a great interview. I know. Then you just winked at me like you were Ian Kinsler rounding the bases against the Rangers the other night, just I waving at me. At everybody around third base. Is that right? That was oh, your yeah. move? Yeah. Like, seriously, you tried to pitch to me? Get out. All the time. Oh, yeah, how about that? Best pitcher, Clemens or Mariano. Uh, best player, Ricky Henderson. I like that. That's kind of outside the box. But I think a lot of people would say that if they'd like to think about all the, what he brought to the game. And uh, and then best game, obviously to Gibson. He was on the short end of the stick in 88. And he, from a coaching perspective, wasn't even when he was playing all of the 2011 World Series. And he had so much pride for what Freeze did because he had worked with him so much. And, and the fact that Freeze had that game six in particular. That was outstanding. If you missed any of Mark McGuire with us, it's up on InsideSTL.com or on the CBS Sports 920 app on your iPhone or your Android device. Great stuff as the Cardinals get ready to take on Mark McGuire's Dodgers tonight. Adam Wainwright against Josh Beckett, another guy who threw a no-hitter. There's no-hitters going every week this year. Uh, another one yesterday with Lincecum and one of McGuire's guys in uh, Kershaw did it uh, a couple weeks ago. So that will be a hell of a series and always like watching Adam Wainwright play. And the Cardinals and Dodgers do battle. We will get back into soccer at the top of the hour. Gus Johnson, who will be on the call of the World Cup in 2018 for Fox, he is going to join us. You know him from CBS College Basketball and his work on Fox, Gus Johnson in the next hour as we broadcast live from Tapawingo. That's where the First Bank Studios are today. They're a great banquet facility. They're a great restaurant at Joe Bacardi's, which now owns and operates. And, of course, the great three nine-hole courses they have here. Beautiful facility at Tapawingo. And uh, we are very happy to be here today for the program. That's where the First Bank Studios are today. Jim Edmonds, Tim McKernan with you. It's the Edmonds and McKernan Show on CBS Sports 920 and InsideSTL.com. It's the Ryan K.